This is Jessica. And this is Kelly. And this is the Chasing Brighter podcast. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Today's episode is really about kind of the year in review. Uh, Jess and I are going to take a moment to um, do a little bit of introspection and talk about the year. Mm -hmm. You know, part of Chasing Brighter, you know, getting to the best version of ourselves is also about self-reflection and introspection. It's kind of something that you maybe want to do more regularly, but what we're talking about here is we're taking that moment ourselves. I think it's always great to take a moment and reflect. I think oftentimes I've seen people over the years who are kind of lost and saying, what's my purpose? You know, what am I kind of doing? So I think it's an opportunity to explore, okay, What makes me happy? What made me happy? What will make me happy? Um, And am I engaging in those things that are fulfilling? And am I doing what I want to be doing? Or, you know, when they say, are you walking the talk kind of thing? And so I think it's always wonderful to reflect on your day, your week, your month. And as we are today, really reflecting on 2022, Um, And really exploring the wins, the losses, and what we've learned. Yes. Well said. Thank you. Why don't you record that? Put that down. (laughs) Write that down somewhere, Cal. First, Cal, we're going to talk about, I think, our big wins for this year. For me, I think number one is launching the podcast. Absolutely. That was on my list, too. Yay. It's like the newlywed game. Ding, ding, ding. We matched up. Yeah, that one. Yes. Okay. We're aligned. We might have a couple. All right. Commonalities. Yes. Also, um, for Wait, me, can we just pause right there though, before you go into your next one? Like let's dig a little deeper on chasing brighter. Um, we, how did we get here? We really never talked about that in some way, but, um, I think you and I both were kind of at a moment in the year where I can talk about myself or I was at a moment, um, in kind of a couple months into last year, where I really started to come to a head where I really felt like I wasn't quite, um, feeling fulfilled in what I was doing. Um, completely fulfilled career wise, or sort of like what I wanted to do in the world. And, um, we, I, you and I had this talk about it, right. And we kind of were kicking around things and, I think you had proposed doing something like this, right? Yes. I I think what we have talked about is that um, because you and I are, I think, consistently aggressively seeking knowledge and self-improvement, and we've been doing that um, at the same time for quite a few years, right? Um, Where I'm calling you and saying, have you read this book? And you're calling me and saying, you should try... um, I I read that if you have this supplement, it's really good for you. And I was like, oh, there's this, you know, dietitian I'm working with and she recommends this to heal your gut. And we were just kind of um, on this path, both of us engaging in integrative healing um, and then sharing that knowledge with their friends. Everyone's kind of asking us, we're a resource that it was like, why I would love, I would like to go bigger. I think the work that we do is really important and can be shared with other people 
and hopefully inspire other people um, to go on their own journey of self-discovery of where, you know, it's a journey. There's not an end point. And we're just trying to do the best we can and be the best versions of ourselves. Yes. Yeah. And we we want to inspire others to do the same. And so um, I think we're aligned. Both of us were looking for a passion project. I've yes. been a mental health therapist for like 16, 17 years. Um because I focus on trauma, I can only see so many clients a day, right? It's it's very, it can be very draining and heavy. And so it's like, I wanted to do a little bit more work, um, but it couldn't be in that therapeutic lens because I, I can't see more than I see. And so we're here and yeah. we're still learning along the way. Um, but I think this has been um, a big win and it's been fun. It's not easy either, you know, but nothing nothing that's um that rewarding worth it yeah yeah doesn't yeah. come without some sacrifices what else Absolutely. what else is on your list jess no diet i am almost 365 days of not being on a diet um which is really important for me because i have done a little bit of digging kind of on um disordered eating and recovery and so i would consider myself being in recovery um there is something kind of called cycling up where like a person loses five pounds then gains five more you know gains 10 and then loses 10 pounds and gains 15 and loses 15 and gets 20. oh wow that's what i've been doing for a uh -huh. decade i'm just cycling up um and there is this whole psychology to it and i you know it's like i need to reprogram my brain like there's I had been telling myself this is good food and this is bad food and don't have that and don't have that. And um, that can really mess up. That can really mess you up. And so it's a really big deal that I have not um, restricted myself for almost a year. I'm, I'm, I'm on this health journey, um, which is never ending as I know you are as well. Mm -hmm. And really just trying to recognize that I'm an emotional eater and um, again, anyways, just kind of in recovery, figuring out my relationship with food, right? That's what I've been doing. So anyways, that's been really hard for me. And maybe that sounds stupid to some people, but that's very, very, very like hard for me to not diet. Um, it's not easy being over, I think over 40, but um, maybe everybody, it hits differently. Um, just how much food plays such a big role right in our health and our social emotional well-being too and finding the balance in that yeah yeah um and the older we get it's harder and harder to get the weight off when we gain it right and um since the medical community doesn't care about women in their 40s and their weight it's just hard to <laughs> get information and we all want a silver bullet um too. So but, that's yeah, great that I, you're being kind yeah. to yourself. I mean, I'm following all of these body positive women. And really, um, I know this is incredibly controversial, but like weight and health are not linked. And it's like, yeah, you can come at me and say obesity and diabetes. But honestly, I can name you a ton of people who are thin and very unhealthy and have a lot of medical issues. So I just think there is a lot of falsehoods out there. And it's kind of like... You know, we talked about body compassion and I talked a lot about Rebecca Scritchfield's book, Body Kindness. And there is a lot of science surrounding, there's starting to be more research kind of surrounding um, 
right? Weight doesn't equal health, right? And so like what you're talking about is it's negotiating that relationship with your body as you get older, it doesn't seem to be as easily controlled at me as maybe it was in your twenties. And then it's kind of like, well, why are you sad you gained five pounds or why does that really matter? Like, are you still doing all the other things? And if you feel really great and your health is great, why do you care how much you weigh? You know, like what's that about? And I think that for sure is a taming, a social, you know, um, restriction that's been put on us. I know we grew up during heroin chic. And so that's its own, right. We were kind of socialized with the different type of body image. And so anyways, I'm just kind of untangling all of that. And so I'm taking a pause, if that makes sense on, on hating my body and trying to change things, you know, and just, um, shift my, there's so many other things going on and other things I can improve on and focus on. So I'm trying to, uh, yeah, just recover my relationship with food. Um, how about you? What's a win for you? One of the things that made me happy was really traveling to Cooperstown and that's what I wondered. You matched. Um, that was, I mean, I know that we had our moments, but that was so fun. And that's such an incredible memory for the boys to have played on a tournament together. Um, It was a beautiful scenery. You and I got to do a lot of things that we love, which are hiking and eating great food. Um, And just not having anything else to worry about. I don't know. It was really, it, it was a fun, it was a fun time. Yeah. No, I thought that was really great. I put that on there. I, I, I labeled it sister trip. Um, but, and like we talked before, like, I don't know if we've ever gone anywhere alone together. I, it was probably a good training wheels because we had um, something going on that we had to go to every day or like scheduled things. So it wasn't a lot of like free flow per se. Um, I think it was, yeah, we learned a lot about each other and even how to travel. And I think really, even though we weren't the greatest at communicating in the moment sometimes, at least I know I wasn't, um, I think it did set a good foundation for maybe we could do something again. Yeah. No, I think, I know we talked this before, but like, I should probably put that on there. Oh, no, that will be under lessons learned. But anyways, the Enneagram, like just learning about ourselves, it's just so funny to look at that trip after taking the Enneagram test and kind of looking at our kind of our core personalities. And um, those are kind of like two personalities, I would say that would be difficult to travel together. And so again, just really kind of communicating. And I hope I mean, I I think we're at a point where, you know, if we communicated and I was like, I want to do five things a day, and you wanted to do one, you know, or whatever that you would be okay with, like, will you go do that? And I wouldn't have my feelings hurt, right? Like that it's okay that we don't agree and that we do different things kind of thing. And so like we said, with this trip, um, we were isolated and only had one car. So, but anyway, I think then we'd know next time, okay, let's be in an area we can walk, right? And if we can walk, yeah, you stay true. home and I go walk all the time or whatever anyway no i thought it was so i thought it was really great and also again same thing like so interesting that we got to take each of us take our you know one of our boys and that they 
have like a like that will be a memory for a lifetime. Like Dominic still talks about it. That was I, I'm sure life changing for both of them. Um, and uh, so that was cool that we got to be a part of that. And they got to be roommates. It was like going away on camp together. So, yeah, that was yeah. so cool. And I think that just even circling back to, you know, a I love to travel. So like why that made me happy. I love to travel. I love discovering new things. It was super fun to travel with you. We hadn't done that before. We have a lot of similar interests, which was great. Um, seeing the kids have the time of their lives, like just really warms my heart. You know, that's definitely, I think what I've learned as a mom is it's one of the greatest, like rewarding, fulfilling feelings is like seeing your kids happy and thriving and thriving. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. And, um, I think, you know, you kind of said what made you happy, um, you know, for me, and this is something we do together as well, our weekly meditations. Oh, yeah. Um, with Janet. And it's like every year my goal is to meditate daily. And I have not, I definitely meditate way more than I ever have. Me too. But that like very long weekly meditation on Mondays with, um, you know, the, the Reiki master Janet Handley um, really sets me up for the week, keeps me in touch with myself and my gut um and that that makes me really happy so i'm excited that that we've kept that going yeah so it is definitely along the lines of what i put down to which means we're like three for three maybe no we're three for four um just practicing mindfulness in general and really feeling so much more grounded about things in my life um and at peace and feeling calmer about challenges that i face i feel like that's a big win for me and it definitely um you know just even right now is probably better than i've been in a really long time before when i was footloose and fancy free and didn't have to worry about things yeah i think um my my last one on my big wins or what made me happy um, was living by the four agreements. It's so funny. So I would say I talk most to you, my friend, Teresa, my friend, Stephanie, all three of you are big readers. All of you have read the four agreements. None of you thought, oh, the four agreements, it's the best book ever, but I read it in early 2021. Um, I feel so good that I am living by the agreements. Um, for those of you who are not familiar with it, it's be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions and always do your best. And I think that um, I have been, you know, I'm, I'm by no means perfect, but like really, really, really aware of my word and like not just saying things just to say it, but to really, really, really think of the impact of it. And for me, not taking things personally has been so freeing. I think we talk a lot about our family of origin and talk a lot about what can be emotional triggers for us. And so I think for me, that piece of working and being really aware of what other people do and say has to do with them and not with me and like me not taking on other people's emotional garbage, that has been incredibly freeing for me and has made me really happy um, in 2022, um, just not taking on other people's stuff. That's really great. Um, It's hard. All of those things are hard and take a lot of work and... um it's like 
I need to get, they make posters of that, those four agreements. Yeah. I think they're very straightforward. Like you can mm-hmm. get it, it just simple. by reading the simple thing, Absolutely. right? Yeah. Um, but putting it into practice is the hard part. And, you know, it's almost like even our job is like raising humans, small humans. I mean, those four things are just life skills that yeah. will get anybody to be, have a successful life, right? That would, I would say that would be my last obstacle would be utilizing the four agreements and parenting because um, tweens and teens can throw some things at you. So to not take it personally, right? Or, um, you know, or maybe your children are delightful, but my children can say some harsh things sometimes. And I was like, um, that's right. I have the work to do of not taking that personally. Well, it's also hard to be impeccable with your word when they are that way. When they say Um, so I hear you. Yeah. My last big win was that I completed and I graduated from learning to play tennis. And that was a big win for me because I had a fail the year prior because I tore my Achilles in my first lesson. And you know, I think, ouch, Jess, that- you and I were born and raised, it was November of last year. Oh, okay, okay. Um, Very end. You and I were born and raised in a lot of ways to be athletes. And I think it, I, I stayed active through high school, right? And then we went off to college. I played a little bit of sports here and there, really ran. There wasn't really a lot of options. I played football, yes, you played football too. Um, and then, you know, just here and there, but I really never stayed active and strong per se. I mean, I did, I have off and on, I guess, but I picked up golf. I've played golf a long time. Tennis is a sport I think I would, I thought I would really love um, because it's competitive. It's a great workout and it just makes me feel athletic again, I guess, for yeah. lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed it. It's been a lot of fun. And, um, it's now, you know, something I do regularly, uh, sort of maybe regularly. Um, well, and I think, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, when you say athlete, does that also include being competitive? I think so, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so being I think that's probably, right, you can work out and you can do different things, but I think that those things don't necessarily bring out the competitor in you. And so it's like what I'm hearing you say is, uh, tapping into that as well. Yeah. And I think as you get older, it's less about competing with other people as much as I'm really competing with myself and how I can continue to challenge myself. Right. I think the hard part is my mind wants to do more than my body and just really trying to manage balance, I guess, those two things so I don't get injured again. Because I feel like I tend to be injury prone. I don't know why. I think it's because I try harder than my body is capable of sometimes. I think the athlete part of that is like um, pushing through when maybe you shouldn't at a certain age. You know what I mean? Like I think about that like Pilates when it's like, I think I'm going to die, but I'm not going to let, you know, I'm not going to let the instructor know that I can't do this or, you know, I'm going to hold this plank. I think I'm, or, or like we're doing poses like, oh, if your back hurts, don't do it this way. You can modify. And it's like, I'm not modifying. 
I'm not going to modify. Um, and so when you push through, you're not kind of listening to your body sometimes. So, well, and I good. think there's, I mean, a lot of things go through my head when you say that one is sometimes I get into something and I push myself too hard and it is overwhelming and intimidating and I don't stick with it. Right. Yeah. So if it's like a workout class or I have a Peloton and sometimes I go through these cycles where it's so, I feel so inadequate if I don't stay on the track of what they tell you to do, even though they say you need to do what you can. I'm like, this is where everybody else says, like, I need to stay there. I need to do that. And it <laughs> becomes overwhelming. And I'm like afraid to right. get back on the bike because of that competitive nature of yeah. me. I don't yeah. want to know that I'm like number 95,000 out of 100,000 on the class. Yeah. Which is humbling, but it's like, I don't want to be that person. So it's just kind of being more self-compassion, right? Maybe that's the thing is like body self-compassion and just doing what you can. Yeah. Uh, so I did that yesterday in Pilates and I didn't know if the instructor knew I was done, but like, I don't know, at the tournament that we were at, like there was a ton of stairs and my calf is so tight. You know what bridging is? Where you like lift yes. your, like on your back, feet, whatever, and mm -hmm. you lift your butt up on the ground. That is, if you have tight hamstrings, that's really hard to do. And so she, and I was just like cramping, like my leg was like Charlie horsing. And so I kept stopping and stopping. And then I was like, I'm not fucking doing these bridging. F you, like I'm not bridging. And so I did like a little bit, but I was like, my leg keeps cramping and Charlie horsing. And I had to really you talk about self-compassion, talk myself through it and be like, just, you know, your calf is really tight. Like you, you're doing it. And then your leg is cramping. You can't, it's okay. So I'm like, I'm not going to do this. And I was creating a narrative in my head. Like the instructor thinks I'm not trying. The instructor's mad at me. Like all of this stuff that's like, Honestly, I'm I'm the only one um, at that class under 60 for sure. So I'm sure the instructor is like not paying attention to me. But anyway, um, but yeah, but it was like, I know I can't do this. So I'm going to tap out and that's okay too. So we're still working on that, right? We're, we're absolutely works in progress for sure. And I think this really kind of starts to lead into lessons, lessons learned. learned. Do you have any more to add? I didn't know if we, if I'm jumping ahead. No, I'm done. So, I'm done and I think um, one of the things that is just, I'm sorry, leading into that, which is something that isn't necessarily lessons learned is like, um, you can only do what you can do, but you're showing up. And I think yeah. that's one thing that like every time I have to keep reminding myself is, is it's like I'm showing up whether I'm doing an exercise, I'm moving my body, regardless of if it's like high intensity, low intensity, I could just show up every day and do that. Like, I know that will be good for me. Yeah. And I, yeah, absolutely. Right. And I, well, that to me is a four agreement. Always do your best. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, and I have on there kind of, they're kind of two things. And I don't know if you ever feel, I feel like I'm so annoying and there are a ton of jokes on TikTok. I don't know if you've seen them about being an empath where it's like, you want to roll your eyes when someone's like, I'm an empath. And you're like, yeah, but it's like, I am an empath. <laughs> and reading that book, Sensitive is a New Strong was a lens to look at myself being an empath and what that does in my relationships. And I think that's really tied closely with the term that Sophia Lyon brought up for us, which is being a fawner, you know, where your gut instinct is to like avoid conflict and make sure everybody's okay. So that was a huge, like, um, insight gained for me was learning what that means to be a fauner and learning what that means to be an empath and um 
you know, I, I will continue to read books about that and learn about that. But being able to identify that for myself has been incredibly helpful and eye-opening um, and positively impacting my mental health and my interactions with others. I like that, Jess. One of the things that I feel like I learned mid-year this year was, so I'm I'm always struggling with anxiety and it's a lot of things, but one of them is I think, I feel like I think really fast and sometimes I think 10 steps ahead of something and it creates a lot of anxiety for me of like what's going to happen. Um, but I also like to be busy and so, those two things come to a head sometimes when I get too involved with too much stuff. So over this summer, and we talked about this, I've mentioned it in previous episodes where um, a point in the summer that I had taken on, like my kids were at the old school, I was board president, I joined tennis, um, I had just graduated from tennis lessons, I joined a tennis league and I took more tennis lessons and I was taking golf and I was, you know, working and I was managing where it's like the height of baseball season. And so it was a lot of stuff. Plus the, the school stuff took a lot of my time and, um, it was a very stressful time. And I got to this point where I was like, why don't I need to lighten my load. And I said no to some things. And there were a lot of things I really wanted to do, but I learned to say no to them. And I just really cut out a lot of commitments and focused on what was really important. You can't always focus on the things you want to do um, because there are some things you have to do as well. But I was able to muddle through that and I came out um, came out ahead. And I think that taught me to just be more cautious about what I get involved with and when um, to make sure. And honestly, it's about being honest with myself because I think sometimes you could think, oh, I can do that. That'll just be, you know, that's just a couple hours a week. I was managing also communications for like Wes's baseball team. And it was like all these little things. And you have a business and you run a business. Right. And right. so um, I think that was a lesson learned for me is just like really saying no to things and knowing that I can only do so much if I want to be happy. And I, part of me being happy is not being stressed out and anxious, not having sleepless nights about something I'm worrying about. How do I get rid of those things that are weighing on me right? Um, that I, I can't control? Yeah, I would say, and this is what I have written down because we're so in tune right now, but I have two words written down and it's do less. And I have it like in all capitals and it's like, what did I learn this year? And that's totally what you're saying is do less. Right. And also that links up with Jomo that we've talked about before, like mm -hmm. the joy of missing out. Yeah. I think those are the same where it's just like, we might tell ourselves there's this story. I tell ourselves this narrative of like, oh, I need to do all of the, that's where the joy is, is doing all these activities. But what, what I'm hearing you say for both of us that we've learned that actually there's a lot of joy in doing less. And I know I used the term in previous podcasts, like auditing, but like co consistently auditing what we're doing, the activities that we're yeah. doing, and is it bringing yeah. joy? And it's like, oh, that sounds great. Like it sounds great that I'm like the president of the board for my kid's school and making change. And it sounds great that I'm going to tennis five days a week. And it sounds great that, you know what I mean? But like when I'm living it, it's not. And um, 
and I'm going to listen to my gut and recognize, oh, there's like a lot of joy and being still. And there's a lot. And, and um, you know, I think FOMO, right, the fear of missing out is is obviously fear based. And so it's like we're afraid. Um, but anyways, I think there's a lot of joy and less. Yes. Well said. Are there insights for you? Insights gained? Lessons learned? I think even following on with what you're talking about in terms of the joy of doing less. There's a book I'm reading right now from Michael Easter called Comfort Crisis. I think I talked to you about it, which is basically we have this crisis of like we have we're constantly like there's choices all the time of things that we can constantly do and it makes us do what we want and what's comfortable and you know, learning to like be bored, learning to have downtime is really important to us as humans. It's good for us to do that um, and finding ways to to do that. It's interesting. I don't I'm obviously I'm not reading the book right now, but when I hear you say comfort, it, uh, there was a book I read earlier this year and he talked about like humans are afraid to be uncomfortable and like that, yes. you know, it's OK to be uncomfortable. Yep. Like, it's OK. And we can be uncomfortable and we can get through it. And it was this whole thing. And I thought that that was really great um, that it's we don't need to be comfortable all the time and that it's OK to be in discomfort. I don't know if that's what he's talking about. But anyways, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think for me, I have a couple more. One, just listening to myself and realizing like I do best, um, you know, when I get a minimum of eight hours of sleep. When I am nourishing my body, you know, I know I share all the time. Um, I know I'm so boring, but like um, when I'm not having gluten or dairy, right. And nourishing myself appropriately and, and engaging in physical activity. So if one of those three pieces are missing for me, um, then I am not feeling my best, right. If I am not physically moving, I don't feel great. If I'm not eating well, I don't feel great. If I'm not getting them out of sleep, I don't feel great. So I think just, acknowledging that and running and like looking, okay, right. This is the recipe that makes a healthy, happy Jessica. And so I need to be doing these three things, um, which may sound really simple, but um, I'm hardheaded. So I have to, you know, I had to learn that lesson. So, you know, I think mine is very similar to that, which is taking care of my body. And I learned I can bounce back after an injury. Yeah. But I have to continually take care of my body. Um, making sure I'm staying on like eating foods that are good for me. You know, I took the food sensitivity test and like um, one of my sensitivities is mushrooms. And I ate, I made the green bean casserole for Thanksgiving and I ate a bunch of mushrooms over Thanksgiving. And I just, I can feel like I feel inflamed for lack right. of a better word, right? I get up in the morning, I go down the stairs, my knees hurt, like all these things where I know I'm aware of that now and I'm trying to take care of my body. Um, and so it's, I think that is one that um, is very important to me that I'm continuing to work on is, you know, taking care of that, preventing injury, staying strong and, just keep moving, you know, and no matter what it is, it doesn't have to be um, a lot. It can be a little, like even yesterday I took, I went to walk to like pick the kids up after school to like take them over to the after school program. And that was like 
10 minutes of walking on top of, I had done some like stretching time because I didn't really feel like working out, but um, I keep moving. That's the thing. And I feel like those are all helping my body, preventing me from getting injured again. I don't know if you feel that way, but I feel like the older I'm getting, I'm getting like aches and pains. And now I'm like, oh crap, what did either, what did I do or what have I, you know, how am I taking care of my body to make sure that I'm not detrimentally doing things to it regularly? Right. And I think that's what I say when it's like, I'm hardheaded. It's like, oh, I have to like not do Pilates and then my back hurts and then not do Pilates and my back hurts. And then be like, oh, <laughs> if I don't work out, my back hurt, you know, yeah, I, I don't exactly. know and so it's like, like when you're like, oh, I have to like eat mushrooms 17 times. And then I'm like, oh, mushrooms don't even though I took a test and the doctor said, don't eat mushrooms. I don't, but it's like, okay. Uh, you you know, again, we're always just trying to do our best, but it's like, yeah, I've had aches and pains this last month. And I was like really getting depressed because I was like, is this it for me? But you know, it's like, so what I did was I added a yin. So now I'm doing a, a weekly yin yoga class. And it's like, you know, I, because of scheduling and timing and work and kids, I have not been able to, I had not been able to get to Pilates the amount I want to go. And it's so funny. I'm back in it and I don't have the aches and pains. And I feel like if you don't use it, you lose it at this age where I feel like if I'm not yeah. physically moving, I hurt, which is so right counterintuitive or whatever. But um, but I know it's like, OK, I'm doing my walking, treadmill, elliptical, you know, whatever it is, moving yeah. my body. And like you and I talk about every day, trying to do at least 20 minutes every day of something. Yeah. Um, and then um, and then I feel better, you know. And so, uh, yeah, for sure. It's it's like a little depressing, but uh whatever it is what it is so uh you know how can you uh feel good right what feels good to you yeah and i and and, um one of my last kind of insights i know i alluded to it before was that enneagram personality test that was so fascinating and i listened to the episode again and i i was like oh the enneagram's way off for me and you were like the episode i was like well this is wrong and you were like oh no like this is totally you <laughs> and it's so funny because i totally believe it's me but i for but I, when i first read it i didn't think that it described me so i'm an enneagram achiever and i think what was the insight for me gained there was that achievers don't believe in unconditional love and they believe they're inherently unworthy and that they need to achieve for love and i think it's me being smacked over the head over and over again with worthiness i saw a spiritual healer in 2020 and she was like you struggle with worthiness and i was like no i don't right and then i saw her again and she's like you struggle with worthiness <laughs> like no i don't and then it was like just hit over the head in 2021 of like com- tons of feelings of, of worthlessness and then seeing that on the Enneagram, you know, it's just really fascinating. And so knowing um, that there is a lot of work I still need to do with that of, of like being worthy and um, kind of recognizing that um, to my core, I struggle with that. Um, and so working really hard to have compassion for myself and working really hard to um, know that I am worthy and loved. Do you love me, Kelly? I love you. You are worthy. You are enough. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I will continue to achieve to make to ensure that you love me. <laughs> um, Anyways, that I'm was your sister. Good I, I have to love you unconditionally. I hope so, girl. But but you but even if you didn't like, where what is that? Um, sisters by chance, best friends by choice, right, Kelly? It's not just because we're sisters. But because I'm cool and you love me. 
on your I own. I do love you. You are cool. <laughs> okay. Um, we are very <sighs> yin and yang ourselves in a lot of ways. And I think that's why some things work. But because of that, too, there are some things where we maybe don't see eye to eye. And I think it sometimes works for Chasing Brighter. Um, it doesn't work when you have one car on a vacation, but yeah. Um, right. <laughs> the last, you know, my last insight was, um, making a more concerted effort to stay connected with my partner. Mm-hmm. And for, for me in a lot of ways that this year has translated into date nights and more recently we've been able to do that a lot more because our kids have gotten older. And so that has been a great lesson learned and feeling like we have more freedom to have time alone um, out and about, not necessarily in the house always. That time is kind of easier to find um, now that kids are older, but really kind of making more time to be with um, my husband, Brian. So that was a great insight and it's just fun to, it allows us to be a little bit more spontaneous because we don't have to worry about a babysitter since we can just leave the kids at home. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was such a great episode we had this year with Orly Cats talking about connection with our partner. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, I think for sure, um, like when we talk about what's a recipe for a healthy, happy me, it's like, what's a recipe for a healthy and happy relationship. And you've kind of found, those regular date nights um, are something that have helped and you want to keep going. Yeah. And so I don't know how it is for you on that, but the first time, so since I have two kids and Beckett, who's eight, doesn't like to feel like a baby. So I told him that he's taking care of Wes and Wes is taking care of him. Wes is my 12 year old. And so the first time we left them, we paid both of them. And then now we're not really, it was like a one-time deal Yeah, that they got money and now I'm not paying them, which is really great um, as well. So I don't know if that works for you too. Do you have to pay your kids every time or it just sort of like gets promised and then forgotten? Oh no, they do not forget about money. And we do pay whoever is babysitting. Um, but but um, Gabriella does an incredible job babysitting. So, I mean, she is 14, almost 15, like she will give them a bath. She will make them dinner. She will clean the house. You know, like we tell her this is a job, like this is a job and you are, you're not the sister, right? You're the babysitter. And these are the things that we kind of expect of you. Um, And we did the other day. Oh, Gabby was sick. So it was my birthday, but Gabby was sick. And so um, she was home, but we told Dominic to give Giovanni a bath. And I was talking to Dominic how we're ex- we're expecting him to kind of step it up a little bit. Um, and he had a little bit more responsibility. So that was good for him. You know, we don't usually leave him with Giovanni very long because um, uh, Dominic's still working on his caregiver skills and his ability to, to pay attention to other people in the room. <laughs> But anyway, um, we do pay and they do hold call us on that. But we pay, I think like we tell them we pay based on their job performance. So anywhere from five to ten dollars an hour. So if they do a crappy job, they don't get paid as much. So that helps inspire motivation. I know a lot of people don't pay their kids for chores or pay their kids or whatever, and that's fine. But, but we um, do, so. you guys have always been very st- structured on that, maybe because it's a household of achievers. Um, <laughs> we're a little more, I'm not very structured 
or disciplined on that. So it's a little more like ad hoc. But when Maybe we your did, kids are just more intrinsically motivated than mine. <laughs> we did come home later than usual, and Wes had put Beckett to bed, and Beckett was already asleep when we came home. So yeah. that was a huge win. Um, I don't want to come home unless they're sleeping. I'll keep driving around. <laughs> that is part of the deal. <laughs> the deal is everyone needs to be asleep. But we're not coming back. <laughs> We sit out later than planned. So. Going out for a date and then coming home with all the kids being awake and you're like, oh, oh yeah, that's the worst. I mean, depressing. especially I don't know about you, but it was when you when you had the like friend baby, like our old nanny, Lindsay, who I loved. We would come home and the kids would still be awake, and it would just yeah. be like, yeah. and, and they're like, loved. I know they're loved, and they're so happy and yes. whatever. And like Giovanni would wait and wait and wait for me to come home when he was little. Um, he would always wait for me. Um, but now like they do a great job of putting, of going to sleep. So, but anyways, so, um, well, and they're getting more used to the routine of it all. So, yeah. so, yeah. So yeah, I think it's, you know, part of, um, part of, uh, just growing our kids growing is that, you know, there's all these new discoveries and new new stages as parents too and and finding ourselves being more independent able to be more independent and um giving them more responsibility which is a big win on both sides yeah, right they learn absolutely. their independence and we also get a little bit more of our individuality back absolutely um, which is important so That's great it's a great we're both in a, in a really great spot with our kids you know and um i think we had a very successful 2022 i'm glad that we were aligned on so many things which is why we're doing a podcast on a business together because we're aligned on um on each of our personal journeys and what's important to us yeah, um, we absolutely. have similar um things and you know, this whole journey with the with Chasing Brother with the podcast has been a huge lesson learned, right? Thanks for listening and joining us today. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Chasing Brighter or on our blog, ChasingBrighter.com. 